Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week we continue with our Patreon Patreon Appreciation Month. That's right, every film we watch this month has been picked by one of our fabulous Patreon patrons. And this week, the film of choice is a Disney film from 1991. It is The Rocketeer. Joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film. Wait, you've not seen the film? It's Disney expert Nicola Brescianini, but you've not seen a (laughs) Disney film? What's going on? I've never even heard of it. <laughs> so I'm not convinced it's even a real movie. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's, it's just a big fabrication. We're about <laughs> to find out. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, so you know nothing about this film, Nicola? Literally nothing. Jared and I Googled it just before, like just the, um, the little blurb. And I was like, what the heck is this? Mm. Something about a jetpack? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I've not seen this film either. I've. I I don't think I had heard of it properly until maybe about a year ago. And I think it was just brought up in conversation. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. That's just one I I have not come across. Um, So I know virtually nothing about it either, other than there's presumably a rocket involved, which I presume is the jetpack. So given given that you know nothing about this, um, but Mm -hmm. it is obviously from Disney, which is very much your wheelhouse, uh, Nicola. Yes. Um, I guess, what are you expecting? I don't even know. I mean, uh, judging by your little Zoom background picture, I'm guessing it's live action. Uh, yes, is it? it is. That's yeah. more than what I already knew. Um, I didn't know it was Disney until you asked me if I had Disney+. Plus. Mm. Um, and then I just made the presumption that it probably was. I have no idea what I'm expecting. Action, like, huh? Action movie with futuristic jetpacks. I don't even know if I'm going to like it. <laughs> well, that's the excitement uh, of basically this whole program, but also specifically <laughs> this film. Joining us, luckily, uh, we have someone who has seen the film. Not only has he seen the film, he is, in fact, one of our Patreon patrons who suggested this. It is Simon Haynes. Greetings. It makes me feel really old because it's like 1991. I saw this in the cinemas. I've been a fan ever since. Yeah, Nicola wasn't born, Um, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, If you one day when this video gets leaked to the internet, you can see all the grey in my beard. Uh, I really don't want to say to... I I love your optimism about what this film may be. Um, But have you... The only thing I will say is, have you seen this little... It's a fairly obscure movie called Captain America, the First Avenger. 
I've never seen a Marvel film. Oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> but there goes that bit. It's, it's, it's actually directed by the same guy. So mm. oh, you would okay. have a pedigree of a guy who makes these obscure... Um, <laughs> not obscure, but he, he makes these... Uh, what you call it? Um, uh, not uh, like vintage hero kind of films. Mm. So, well, it yeah. Me, the picture makes me think a bit of Iron Man. Not that I've seen it, but... <laughs> well, I... We'll probably be here all day if we try, try to figure out what movies you have seen that compared to. It, it's kind of its own thing, though, Rocketeer. It's, um, yeah, it's based on a, like an indie comic. So, again, a very obscure material. Um, but, yeah, we should just watch it because it, it, it's an adventure. It's an adventure film. And it didn't do too well in the box office, but it's got a cult following. Okay. So, yeah, live action, Disney film, 1991, cult following. What could go wrong? <laughs> Who knows? Everything. Yeah, everything. Um, it, look, this is this is very exciting um, for many reasons. Uh, as said previously, Nicola in a Disney film she's not seen. I feel very honoured to be able to <laughs> be part of this experience. Um, but Simon, uh, as one of our lovely, beautiful and handsome uh, Patreon patrons uh, who, who do help uh, keep the program going with their support uh, fiscally and emotionally. Um, what, what was it about The Rocketeer that made you suggest this film? Because th- this is kind of an opportunity for, you know, carte blanche. This is just a chance to have a program look at a film like this. Um, w- what was it about The Rocketeer specifically that made you go, I want to see this examined in this format. I I do have a genuine affection for this film. Um, it's not the greatest film ever made, but uh, if you've listened to any of the things I've done on YouTube and that, I, I, I like talking about films. I don't think it has to be the greatest film ever made to have some value to it. Why I chose it for this, I'll be honest. Um, I couldn't think of anything specifically, but then when you, well, the one movie I want to do, it's not on Disney Plus, it's on Stan, it's not on any streaming services, probably because it's Australian. Mm. Um, But legitimately, this was the first thing I watched on Disney Plus when I got Disney Plus. I didn't watch The Mandalorian, I didn't watch anything else, I watched The Rocketeer. As soon as it came up in the search, I was like, yes, I'm watching The Rocketeer, I love this film. Excellent. Yes. And uh, Hercules Returns is the film that is not available anywhere, <laughs> but we will get it one day. One day, I'm sure one it will day. come up. But it is not this day. Uh, with all that being said, shall we watch The Rocketeer? Yes, please. Thank you. Yes. All right. For those of you listening at home, uh, load up those streaming services and hop in your nearest Zeppelin as we prepare to watch The Rocketeer. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching The Rocketeer. And by we, I, of course, mean Simon Hayes. Hello. And Nicola Brescianini. Hi. Uh, Nicola, that was your first time watching The Rocketeer. I really enjoyed it, actually. Mm. More so than I was expecting. I don't know. I guess it was like a little less superhero-y and a bit more... So good to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't pick a bad one. No. 
But the whole time I was like, this isn't a Disney film. They, <laughs> he couldn't have allowed this. What is happening? Um, I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but um, uh, I think uh, this is one of the reasons why I think Mar um, Marvel... I think it's one of the reasons why Disney started doing things like these kind of projects through other... Uh, collaborations like Touchstone and Miramax. It's weird that this is actually a Disney film, but I'll, I'll get yeah. out into that in a bit. So but please continue your thoughts. Oh, yeah, that was just that, you know, so many things that were happening on screen. I was like, they, I can't believe they've allowed this. Mm. This seems to go against everything family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> wait, till, wait till I bring up the source material. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, it's... I mean, this is my first time watching it as well. And I have to agree that it did feel quite un-Disney-like going into it, to the mm -hmm. point that maybe if I hadn't known or hadn't seen the opening credit where it says, you know, Walt Disney Pictures Presents, mm. I might not have picked up on it. Um, I it's... never associate this with Disney. Mm. No. I, I thought it was a touchstone. Uh... Movie, yeah, it, yeah. It feels like it definitely came from another company. Like it was enjoyable. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but it didn't feel like a Disney film. And it's interesting that this is this is a film from 1991 because it it doesn't feel like it fits in with those other Disney properties from the time. Obviously, they're animations, and it's right mm. at the beginning of the Disney Renaissance. So I think I, I'd say just. It just it just is slightly before it because I think you know the Renaissance was like ninety two ninety three when when was Little Mermaid Little Mermaid was eighty nine so wow. it's and um, uh, my it, chronology it, it's way off the ninety one it was the same as Beauty and the Beast yeah and then Aladdin would have been the following year uh, yeah. ninety two so it's around the time that those big films were happening for for Disney and sort of re um, revitalizing its its sort but of film it, it was only like a couple of years before things like the mighty ducks which mm. is a um disney live action film mm. you know it was still very different from that as well yeah but disney live action has never had at least especially around this time it's never had the kind of reputation for quality that at least the no. animation studio kind of had mm. no you not know, at all um their live action not necessarily bad films, but they were never box office hits. No, they always, to me, and this one they always was. feel like direct to VHS. Yes, yes. <laughs> kind of film. So. I think, uh, especially after this one, uh, it did well critically. From what I can remember, it did well very much critically, but it, it, it made its money back, but it didn't like make like a billion dollars. Well, no one made a billion dollars back then, but it didn't like make like enough to warrant a sequel. No, uh, that was it. What yeah. the hell would happen to the sequel to this film? <laughs> they set it up. They they definitely set it up. Um, yeah, uh, it's it, it's an interesting film in that, for starters, it doesn't feel that it was made almost thirty years ago, um, and I think that's Ooh. that's to its credit. Mm. I think a lot of it feels a bit more not not super contemporary, but it feels more like the action films that we would get in the 90s, particularly the family-orientated action films. It had a slight George of the Jungle vibe to it. It had that, you know... Oh, just I the, love that movie. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just because um, Cliff just kept reminding me of Brendan Fraser with the floppy hair, um, but there, there was that kind of, <laughs> that kind of just f sort of fun, um, 
vibe to it. And I, I also... This would have predated but Encino Man as well. So yeah, Brendan Fraser hadn't been discovered yet. He would have been a good cliff. He, he would have been, been a good cliff. cliff. I mean, this this current cliff is absolutely fine. Um, mm. But but yeah, it, it was very much kind of like a particular type that was being played into. Um, yeah. But the thing that I found really kind of odd about this film is that even though it was live action, it felt like everyone acting in it was acting in a cartoon to an <laughs> extent. Um, like like Timothy Dalton as the Neville Sinclair, he's really, really great playing an absolute scumbag. But he plays oh, yeah. he plays the 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 limey actor really well, you know, where he's just, oh hello, darling. And then when he's charming um Jennifer Connolly's character and you're like Yep, no, he's he's playing that part absolutely kind of like tone right for this sort of film where he's just, I'm polite and charming and I can dance and those kind of things. And then he suddenly, as soon as it's revealed he's a Nazi, he is talking with a German accent and in fluent German. <laughs> I know, it's great. <laughs> it's great, um, but it, it makes no sense. And it, I think I had so many this, moments like this that. Movie this, is, this movie is very much like an homage to pop. Mm. Like even the original comics were as well. Like they took all those like nineteen forties like like Flash Gordon-y kind of films, and they really just kind of made an homage to that. And I loved it for it because mm. those it, were lovely and cheesy. Yeah, and look, it, it it is cheesy without being completely cheese. Like there is some substance yeah. to this film, um, but but like the point. Nicola, I, I, I have a feeling you might agree with me on this. But I'm going to ask, what is the point that made you just go, what is happening the most in this film? <laughs> the second that Hitler appeared on the screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the shot of Hitler. Yeah. Like, hang on a minute, what am I watching? Have I gone into the wrong film all of a sudden? Is this like a documentary? Am I watching World War II in colour? Like, why? <laughs> yeah, that, that was... Okay. It's set during the war. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's true, but it was a bit... Oh, that's right. It wasn't There's... until that point that you knew that. Yeah. And it is a documentary because America's clearly won the war in this fashion, with rockets. Yeah, but <laughs> winning the war in exactly 1938. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it is interesting how it's all like, everyone's kind of like, well, we're obviously going to go to war. Uh, that's yeah. just the thing that's going to happen, even though you know, America at the time was massively self-isolationist, not particularly interested in entering a giant global conflict for the second time in about 20 years. Besides that, though, it's that yeah. really fun thing of having your writing team, your production team, knowing that they're going to enter the war. And the fact that they're all just so vehemently opposed to Nazis before <laughs> the war, to the point where the mafia and the FBI end up on the same <laughs> side in a shootout. I love that scene. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. In a split and, second, they change. Yeah, and it's like, we're hey, normally... Hey, he's a criminal, but he's, he's still American. <laughs> yeah, American. <laughs> and I, lo I love that. I loved... It was dumb, but it absolutely fit this world. And for me, that big moment of what is going on is when about 50 Nazi ninjas turned up. <laughs> just all in black, jumping out, making it so that... Neville um, Sinclair can get his, his jetpack back or the jetpack he's trying yeah. to steal. And the fact it's just, yeah, the, the fact that the escalation Nazi is ninjas. weird. Yeah, and the fact that nobody noticed a small Nazi army walking around LA. Yeah. 
It was um, odd. Nobody also noticed the FBI setting up the spotlights. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so at some point, there would have been the main confrontation and then a ring of Nazi ninjas and then behind the ninjas, (laughs) the FBI, somehow not noticing the ninjas, but setting up a spotlight, seeing the middle group. Like, it's... it's Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, But... But Nicola, I think you hit on the thing that is so important about this film is that it's fun. This is a really, really fun film. It's not great. In fact, I dare say it's probably not even a good film. But it's but it's I disagree with you on that one, but Well, I mean I'm I'm still trying to kind of settle my thoughts. I have I I have kind of got these um I, I have issues with with kind of just the fact that it's not terribly well told, but they, I still had had that enjoyment watching it, and it's it's a it's mm. a difficult thing to kind of reconcile. Where on the one hand, it's like, oh yeah, seeing the rocketeer fly around inside the restaurant and setting all the tables on fire with his jetpack, like that's fun. But then on the other hand, I didn't particularly care that much for the characters like Cliff and Jenny. I was kind of like, they're they're very archetypal um the, the actors are perfectly fine it's just that the the characters are really kind of nothing characters there wasn't a lot of substance to them no they were and, there entirely for the plot yeah and i you know i I'm, I'm, i i didn't necessarily love even though it's something that lots of films do it's not the rocketeer's fault specifically but you know you've got your like young male guy who's like can't actually say that he loves his partner. He can't say the I love her thing. And I've always found that quite weird in a lot of these films where that's the thing they've got to overcome, where it's like, just say it. It's if that's how you feel, then just come on guys, let's 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 move this along. (laughs) Like it's surrounded by a ring of Nazis, you can say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot of this age this film hasn't aged well in the sexual politics. But then again, what film from the last 30 years really has. Also, a um, film set in the 1930s is always going to be yes. interesting. But the, I think a really interesting film to compare this to is the one you brought up in the intro, Captain America, the first soldier. The first Avenger, sorry. Avenger. Um, well, it's funny you think about it because Jenny is not quite the... Uh, she's, not the action, uh, she's not the action hero character. She's not the tough feminine. But she has a little bit of her own agency which is a little bit weird. Yeah, I mean, she's clearly, you look at her, you look at Peggy Carter from the Captain America film, they're clearly playing that same role, which is the love interest of the hero American figure. Um, Obviously, Captain America is actually in the military and is a lot more tied into the conflict and the American government and all that kind of stuff. Um, But whereas the rocketeer is just a guy that likes to fly planes like <laughs> um <laughs> but, to find a jetpack <laughs> yeah but it's but it is interesting how a coincidence yeah the, the fact that um jenny does have that bit of agency she gets that whole sequence where she's in creepy nazi guy's house and he's like doing that really uncomfortable quite sexual seducing of her which nickel you're pulling a face right now which suggests that y- you and i felt the same about that which was yeah. what is this doing in a disney film when he pulled out the outfits i was like i, oh, I feel yeah. like i stepped into a, a porno <laughs> it was it was not good uh but it 
I, I did like what it led to, which was her vasing him over the head. Like, and it was great. I do love that Jenny just kind of... When she finally realises how much of a bullshit he is, mm-hmm. and she does not fall for a single thing. And that's why I would think, like, towards the end, she's just constantly pointing out all of his lines. Mm. It's just like, yeah, she just, she knows what's going on. And yeah. she's just not fooled anymore. And she makes most of the important discoveries as well. She's the one that discovers he <laughs> is a Nazi. Um, <laughs> even though the other characters kind of get there on their own because she wasn't able to communicate that information to yeah. them. Um, she also straight up murders the pilot of the Zeppelin. I just want to point that out. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, no, nope, she's she's well and truly in this fight now. It's fine. Yeah, but he's a Nazi. <laughs> well, I mean, was he or was he just like was he like Cliff? Was he just so, was he just someone that liked flying things that got wrapped up in an adventure? Was he like <laughs> was he the Zeppelin? He, he's just, was he... he was just a big Zeppelin fan. He was a Led Zeppelin fan. Yeah. He was just some German guy who found Zeppelin in an airbase 10 years ago. He became Captain Zeppelin. He flew it around. And then all of a sudden, this American woman just throws him out. And that's the end of his story. Like, it, yeah, it, yeah it's, it is a strange film, but it's fun. Uh, it, it's, it's very much it, just a it was kind purely of... purely for entertainment. Yeah, it's a leave your brain at the door kind of film. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I have to say, um, I thought that Alan Arkin was, was very good. As, oh, um, he's good in everything. As PV. Yeah. Just oh, as, he was good. Yeah. Oh, um, I love his PV. Yeah, he, he does a really good job. You know who he reminded me of? Um, the, the like, banker guy in um, Schindler's List. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, I'm trying to recall. Uh, Alan Arkin is one of those guys who's been in so much stuff. It could have been him. It possibly. No, it definitely wasn't. He he reminded me of him. Okay, yeah, no, he was. He's just very nice. Oh wait, no, I know who you mean now. It's just come back to me. Um, yes, no, he he actually, yeah, they are weirdly quite quite similar. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, he. I mean, he's really good. I thought all that the um, sequences involving the planes were pretty impressive, particularly as you said, mm-hmm. Simon. It was yeah, no CGI back no, then. Well, at least yeah. not in uh, quality for a movie like this. Mm. And we um, need to like, uh, like Terminator 2 or something before we start seeing that merge with real life. Yeah, and I have to say, the CGI for the Rocketeer himself wasn't great, but wasn't bad. No. Like it was, no. it was like... It was the best you could do practically. And also you gotta remember, um, the budget got cut for this movie. Right. Um, Disney lost faith in it, and what I just read recently, um, apparently the apparently the end sequence got was got drastically changed. The whole Zeppelin thing got drastically changed at the last minute because uh, Disney just didn't want to sink money into a bigger thing. Right. Well, they're second guessing the murder of the captain. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, we just don't like too much murder of Nazis here. You just know yeah. enough Nazis. <laughs> Yeah, one too many. Possibly. I mean, (laughs) this is this almost feels like quite a hard film to review because there's so Mm. much happening in it as well. Um, It's it's got a real partly because of the time frame, but it's got a real Who Frame Roger Rabbit vibe to this film. Um, (laughs) It's all the gangsters. (laughs) It's the gangsters. It's the fact there's there's the goon with the big face and hands wearing all the prosthetics, like like that. That's not Ace. Freddy Krueger. 
<laughs> yeah, that was that was odd. I'm not gonna lie. Um, that that was weird. But I, I think again was partly what lent to this kind of cartoony reality. But you had the um, you had Bigelow, um, the guy who mm-hmm. was not Danny DeVito but should have been going. Hey, you're gonna fly <laughs> that plane for me? Like it was He's... all those archetypes. Another one of those guys, I can never remember his name, but yeah, he's always in movies as that guy, that yeah, role, yeah. the like the sleazy owner of a business. Or <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a uh, John. He would be Pillow. the. Yeah, he'd also be the Don in another movie. Yeah, yeah. Don, Don, the, the, yeah. Well, he was in The Big Lebowski as well. Um, yes, he was. Yeah, that's kind of the the big film, at least the one that I know him from. But yeah, he's he is always that character, and he's amazing at it. Um, and that's, mm. again, he was great in this. It it was fun. Oh, that's right. He was the PI. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fun. Howard Hughes is in this film, um, yes. and it's it works, but I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> like it's. I think it just adds to the like the gravitas of a real lone guy who is a mad scientist aviator type, yeah. uh, especially of the uh, the spruce goose model. Even though he never actually made, well, yeah, I think he made the spruce goose, but he never flew it. Yeah, but he saw it fly and he was like, "I knew it worked." Yes, um, but okay. So the source material, Simon, I do have to ask because I'm not familiar with the Rocketeer's source material. Um, well, Stephen, you know how I do show and tell? Yes. So I do have the original oh, graphic wow. novel. Okay. This is the... Um, it was originally... For, uh, let's see, oh, it's an audio podcast, so of course I'm going to show it to the camera. <laughs> it, it was originally five <laughs> issue... Five, like, um, mini, mini comics. Like, they're like... Um, they're like, you know, like... They're independently published, so like it was like uh, five half comics, so you know, it's like two comics in one, and this was like the the back end stuff. But it got, um, I think this is what actually uh, got probably Disney involved. Is actually the collection. Mm. Uh, it was published in like 80, 83, 85, something like that. Um, and this is actually probably was re released for the movie. Uh, the plot of the movie compared to the plot, there's, there's maybe 20% in there. Right. They drastically rewrote most of this movie. Um, this is a lot more adult. It's not It's not like porn or anything like that. You're telling me that the chloroform and the Nazis was family friendly? Not in there. The, the whole Nazi subplot <laughs> is not in there. Okay. Uh, I know, shockingly enough. Uh, the ending in this one is not as spectacular. Okay. It's... Uh, no one crashes and burns and destroys a third of the Hollywood land sign. No, which is sad. But um, actually, if you want to see a bit of uh, how accurate they got the... Uh, this probably won't make, okay, this won't make sense to you. They actually were very oh, faithful cool. to a lot of the uh, iconography, like the, the Pitbull uh, Cafe, that mm. they recreated that. The actual suit of the Rocketeer. The rocket itself is very different. Mm. Uh, the irony is the actual rockets in the movie, that's the vacuum cleaner, looks actually closer to the comic book uh, rocket. I'll see if I can find a quick photo. Okay. I mean, aesthetically, um, this was a very pleasing film. Mm. Like, I, like the design of the Rocketeer and the helmet, I thought looked great. Uh, do you agree, Nicholas? Yeah, I do. I liked his jacket, actually. Yeah, I love that jacket. That With so the cool. buttons and the, the big pants. Yeah, the big pants. Very much a style at the time, but came across um, absolutely beautifully. Um, look, there isn't really much more to say about this one, I feel, other than 
there's Nazis, there's mobsters, there's a jetpack, and it's fun. One thing about Rocketeer is it actually is the comic book is it actually introduced the public back to a character called Betty Page. Of course. If you know anything, is the um, pinup model from the 1950s. Dave Stevens was a huge fan of her. And this is one of the changes from the movie to the, from, from the comic book. Um, the character is called Betty in the comic book. And uh, they use Betty Page's likeness. So, of course, when it came to the movie, I think Disney probably went, we don't want to be associated with Betty Page. What are we going to call her? Oh, we've got Jennifer Connelly. Jenny. <laughs> Big change. But there's one thing cool. I've got to show you. This, this is definitely not going to turn into a, a game to your Disney comic. Uh, oh, my. Okay, if I, can, yeah, if I can describe uh, the image that was shown, it was of it a was lady. Burlesque. A lady in uh, burlesque, by which I mean there was uh, towards the end of the burlesque routine, I'm imagining, because there was not <laughs> a massive a amount of model. clothing. Yeah. Not, not, yeah, she was a glamour model in the, uh, in the original comic. So they. They did some, a lot of changes and still made it a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I both like and didn't necessarily love what they did because I did again. Cliff and Jenny were a bit meh. They were a bit yeah. kind of just archetypal characters of the time, and that that was fine. Um, at, at the very least, you know, Jenny was actually doing quite a few things in the film, which was which was nice, um, <laughs> as opposed to just being. A damsel in distress the entire time. Um, Did you um, ever review um, Big Trouble Little China yet? We've not done that one yet, no. Okay, well, Cliff reminds me of this other character called Jack Burton, which is um, Kurt Russell's character in Little Big Trouble Little China. The gag of Big, Big Trouble Little China is that Kurt Russell's character is the worst hero ever. Hmm. Utterly incompetent. Like, Every single time he gets a gun, he either loses it or misfires it, or like he shoots his he shoots the ceiling and a block of um, concrete smacks him in the head and makes him, you know, knocks him unconscious. Right. The, the one time Cliff Secker gets a gun in this thing, he drops it ten seconds later. Yeah, he drops it off his ass. He's a terrible hero. <laughs> he can't. He's the he's the worst hero in this movie. I love it. Yeah, but he's he's honest and he's one of our own. It it, it is very much that kind of like. <laughs> jingoistic nonsense of that time period and i think they captured that really well and i think they did it in a way that was actually kind of quite harmless um i i do sometimes find that that kind of rah-rah americana um feel that you get in films it's actually something of a criticism i have with some of the captain america films as well Mm. is i feel as though that starts to lean a little bit into into jingoism um whereas i felt this film you know there's there's shots of him like preparing to take off in front of the american flag but at no point did i feel like i was i was being indoctrinated into thinking that this is the greatest nation in the world even when the mob boss (laughs) says that (laughs) line hey i may be a crook but i'm an american like like it 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 fit that cheese so well um (laughs) nicola this is a disney film you are uh, one of our resident Disney experts. Yes. I know we've just watched it, but whereabouts would this sit for you in terms of Disney films? In terms of like, clearly, clearly it's not in the top echelon of no. the best films, but I haven't, like, is it, is it middling or is it towards the bottom? Like, like... It was fun, but... It wasn't particularly memorable. It was memorable, but for not the right reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no songs in it. No, there's not. Mm. 
I would say it's in the bottom 10%, not because it was terrible, but... Eh. Just because eh. there's, there's, there's a high bar that's been set, you feel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's above so, uh, Chicken Little. It sits above that. <laughs> it's above Chicken Littles. Yeah. So, so okay. uh, what would you rate a Cliff Seckord as a Disney princess? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good question. Um, about as useless... Uh, (laughs) as maybe aurora you know the one who has you know like 10 percent of lines in the film yeah wow (laughs) and just as good looking i dare say because um (laughs) because he's he's very much a pretty boy um and there's nothing wrong with that would you guys like some trivia about the rocketeer always definitely i know there's a few things i haven't brought up yet so uh Go on. I love love the trivia sections. All right. Well, the trivia has been sourced from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. Um, There was a scene that was cut originally where Neville Sinclair sends a message to Berlin, um, coded first on an authentic Enigma machine that was found for the production. Uh, It was filmed, but was then cut due to running time constraints. So... I'm a little annoyed that that was cut. I would have liked to have seen an actual Enigma machine in action, but uh, they ended up cutting it, which is a real shame. Um, well, by that time during the war, um, the British already had an Enigma machine and decoded it. Well, at that, at, The Americans well, didn't. At that point, they wouldn't have, because it's still 1938. I mean, the war hasn't started, so the Enigma machine decoding wouldn't happen for another few years yet. But it would have been kind of cool to just seen that. But... I get why they cut it. It's not necessary to, to the overall uh, cheese fest that was this film. Uh, and it would have been weird again to go, huh, this film is all over the place, but they have an actual Enigma coding machine. Cool. All well, right. I think the reveal that um, Neville is a Nazi at the place where it is, it's like, you know, he's a douchebag right from the, the get-go. Mm. But when you kind of go, holy shit, he's a Nazi? <laughs> it's, mm. it's a great twist. Yeah. It certainly is. The original inventor of the rocket pack was 30s pulp novel hero, Doc Savage, the man of bronze, uh, in an original graphic comic book by Dave Stevens. However, because of licensing considerations, Disney did not seek permission from the copyright holders of Doc Savage, so he was replaced with Howard Hughes. Yeah, um, that's not in the original comic books because they did do some sequel comics. Hmm. But yeah, so uh, just a fun one where they went, ah, who's who's the Tony Stark of the 1930s? Hmm, who can we who can we pull in? That's why Tony's dad is called Howard. Oh, of course. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, we're learning mm-hmm. learning so much. Um, the actual GB plane that was uh, used in filming was only allowed to land a limited amount of times during its work on the movie because landings are extremely hard on the landing gear of this particular plane. And so these were authentic planes of the time period. Yeah. And it was like, okay, but don't break it. Except that one that we obviously break at the beginning of the film, but I think that may have been a stunt plane. So we may have been okay. Uh, but you can crash into as many gasoline trucks as you want. That's fine. <laughs> You're always so conveniently parked. <laughs> that was my favourite bit. It was just after the first, just the car into the gas truck in the first two minutes, and then as the plane's crashing and you can see a truck-shaped object, you're just like, Uh-oh. we know where this is going. It's it's Chekhov's well, truck. Bigelow points it out. He's like, move that thing out of here. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, 
Billy Campbell, uh, the actor who plays Cliff, uh, once studied commercial art and made sure to read the Dave Stevens graphic novel on which the film was based. In order to get the part, he actually got himself a haircut like the character for the audition. <laughs> so he turned up looking as much like the character as he could. Um, as handsome as possible. Yeah. And he, he, yeah. he, he pulled it off. He was like pushed very hard by um, Joe Jackson and I think Dave Stevens as well. The um, they wanted some other, they wanted like an A-list name. Disney wants an A-list name, but they're like, no, this guy's the guy we want. Hmm. And I think he does a great job as that that particular like everyday man character. Mm. Uh, just just double checking that you meant Joe Johnston, the director, and not Joe Jackson. No, Joe Johnston. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Johnston. I always get those two confused, but I like Joe Jackson as well. So yeah, well, they're both great at what they do. But I'd love yeah. to see Joe Jackson direct a <laughs> superhero film and just see how it turned out. Well, I forgot that uh, Joe Johnston actually directed Jumanji. Another great '90s live-action fun film. That yeah. Was a good movie. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he's he's done some really great films and also Jurassic Park 3, apparently. There we go. Uh, and to finish, I've got a couple of uh, alternate casting suggestions Ooh, for, for for the role of Cliff. Um, Good. I never know who these actors are. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, again, we're just going to say the actors. It's not necessarily whether or not they would have done a better job, just whether or not you feel they could have done a good job in the role. Um, Kevin Cosner. Oh, no. Far too no. serious. Far, far too serious. No. Um, I think that was a good choice. Um, Kurt Russell. Oh, there you <gasps> go. That's that link that you were just talking about. Hmm. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I can see Kurt do this. He can yeah. fumble a gun with the best of them, right? Yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's the, uh, um, Big Trouble in China predates this. So, yeah, he's got, he's got the experience. Yeah. Um, Bill Paxton. Yeah, I could see that. Bill Paxton uh, is a man who's appeared in many films. Uh, the only thing that he, he's the only guy that's ever been murdered by the Terminator, the Predator, and the Alien. Yeah, he's got a very storied career, um, but <laughs> has not been in many Disney animated adventures. I'm imagining. The final one I've got here uh, is a name that uh, we will know: Johnny Depp. A bit younger, maybe. Yeah. This is crybaby era Johnny Depp. Like, yeah, I could see that. I could see it. Don't know if I would want to because I kind of just feel like he's not, he's not quite right. He, he's not. Titanic. Sorry, Bill Paxton. He would have done a Titanic. great job. Bill Paxton. He was the guy who, uh, the scientist who was bringing up the Titanic. Oh yes, yes. yes. There we go. All right, the explorer. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Johnny Depp. Yeah, no, yeah, Johnny Depp could have been great. Um, actually, I do have two actors that could have played Neville Sinclair. Okay. Ooh, is it Mandy Patinkin? No, but he would. Have... <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how much Timothy Dalton. Um, oh like Mandy yeah, Patinkin. he was so good. Um, uh, one is Jeremy Irons. That could have worked. He's he's got the the, the sleazy Britishness to do it. Does he have the German accent? <laughs> I well, he yeah, Die Hard three. He's a British actor, of course. He's got a German accent. <laughs> yeah, he just he'd have just been doing Die Hard with a Vengeance four years before he did it. So yeah, it would have been fine. <laughs> uh, and the other actor is Charles Dance. Oh, 
uh, Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I could have seen that. Just very... I don't know if I would have necessarily... I don't think he would have fit because I think I would have taken it too seriously had it been him. He's got a real gravitas to what he does. Dalton's got a great swagger from that role. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have believed Charles Dance romancing Jennifer Connelly. That that I think wouldn't have worked. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll, I'll go with that. Mm. I I do have a bit of trivia. Haven't you? Haven't uh, brought up yet? Please bring it in. Um. During the filming, I believe they met and they were kind of coerced into getting together. Um, Bill Campbell and Jennifer Connelly were dating for about six months. Oh, okay. And at the time, they were like reported that they were married. So, oh. but it didn't last that long. But then he, my... he criticized the films that she was in and she was like, Yeah, well, you're just flying those planes all the time. <laughs> and it just fell and apart. Throw someone out of Zeppelin. Yeah, I think he's the MVP of this movie, is Dalton. Dalton is great. I mean, ultimately, this is a fun film. Um, And I want to say that, and I want to re-emphasize that before we get to the scores, because I don't know how well it's going to do on the numbers, but I don't think it's a film that should be avoided. I actually think that this is quite fun. Um, While we were waiting to bring Zoom back up, I messaged my best friend and said, have you heard of this film? And she said, no, because she's also an avid Disney fan. Mm. And I recommended to her that she actually does. Excellent. That's, awesome. That's wonderful. Well then, Nicola, while we, we've got you here, uh, we're going to start with you. What score would you give The Rocketeer out of 10? I'd give it a five. It's a fun time, but mm. I wouldn't be running to hand it an Oscar. That's, that's fair. Uh, what, about, <laughs> what about yourself, Simon? Uh, I'm having more trouble deciding uh, on the uh, completely arbitrary uh, score rating it's a seven, but I think it, I think I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Permanently gooey chewing gums. Yeah, that the... chewing gum did not set. Yeah, he was able to peel that very quickly at the end. It was twice. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't have to scratch or be like ah crap 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 or anything like that. So yeah, it was good. Um, I oh, I this is a fun film. It's not a great film. But I think it's a really, it's silly, and I think it, I think it does work as a family film, with the possible exception of Timothy Dalton chloroforming Jennifer Connelly and then picking out dresses <laughs> for her for five minutes. That bit's weird, but the rest of yeah. it I think is okay. So for me, I'm going to give it five and a half exploding gas trucks out of ten. Um, it's... <laughs> I was going to go with the gas trucks. I was like, no, I'm keeping that for Stephen. Thank you. <laughs> Very much appreciated. Uh, guys, that brings us to the end of our review of The Rocketeer. Perfect. Woo-hoo. Thanks for having us. I- I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. It was it was tremendous fun. Thank you so much for suggesting it, thank Simon. No, and no for, worries. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Uh, we've got two more films coming up this month that are suggested by our patrons. What are they? Well, we can tell you one of them. It's going to be Coco. Uh, we're staying in Disneyland. So, um, yeah, Nicola, very excited by that. That's a good movie. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that one next week. Until then, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. We can also be subscribed to on SoundCloud or Spotify or various other podcasting and podcatching services for fresh episodes each and every week. And, of course, it's Patreon, Patron Month. 
of course, we're going to talk about the Patreon. Um, you can join up there at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. Uh, and you can get little bonus features, some nice extra things. Uh, Simon, you're a member of the Patreon. Um, I am indeed. Yeah. What's it like? Please say nice things. <laughs> oh, it's a trash fire. It's, it's, everyone's just making all these comments. and it's, No, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, get some little... Um, uh, Behind, not behind the scenes, you get some little. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of bonus features. You get some of the kind of like, you know, some of the cutting room floor stuff and the odd occasional uh, interview with someone who's in like weird, obscure movies like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Yeah, just uh, those small movies. We, we get them just on those everything. tiny movies. No one, no one, no one ever pays attention. They're too busy watching The Rocketeer. That's true. Uh, all right. Well, that is all available for you, dear listener. But that is it for this week. So until next time. Hey, I might be a criminal, but I'm an American. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.